Welcome once again to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. In studio we have Jeremy Wiseman, Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management. And we are fortunate with us today is Paul Wiseman, President and CEO of Guildhall Wealth Management. Myself, Darren Long, busy show today. I want to tell you before we get started that if you're a new listener to the show, Guildhall has been doing this as The Real Money Show since 2008, 2009. We opened our doors as a firm back in 2002, and our focus, folks, is on gold, silver, natural fancy colored diamond. The Real Money Show is our weekly attempt devoted to helping listeners understand the hard asset investment market. We sometimes have a panel of experts with us. Last week, we were lucky enough to speak with Gerald Salente. It was a great interview. And uh, this week's show, the three of us are going to be discussing a lot of topics. Now, gentlemen, to get right into the show, the number for the folks listening to call is one eight seven seven eight silver or the website, which is guildhallwealth.com. And either of those are great resources. There's a lot of material there. And of course, get your free investment package. Get on the newsletter. As we say throughout the show, several times that the weekly newsletter is jam pack full of great information, great articles. And we want you to have that right at your fingertips so you can make great investment decisions. This week, fellas, we have a lot to talk about. Number one, we're going to be talking a little bit about hoarding gold, silver. Where is it going? At these cheap, uh, somewhat unexplainably cheap prices, where are gold and silver going? Is anyone buying? Is there interest out there in the world markets? And in fact, there's a ton of it. There's so much of it that we're going to be talking about small countries that have real, really no name on the map in the global sense, buying up and moving towards having as much as half of their reserves in gold. So this is happening while the prices are cheap. We're going to be talking about open interest and what it means to the marketplace. And we have news. Argyle Diamonds, the pink Diamond Tender is going to be released to the public very shortly. We've got the news. We know what's in the tender, and we're going to be talking about that as well. Lots more to come on that and really why you should be in that market. It is a very, very fast-moving market, and it is one that is making people a lot of money hand over fist. Lots to get to, but let's start with that topic, Jeremy, as we venture into this week's Real Money Show of hoarding. Now, in relationship to what we were just discussing before the show started, hoarding in the sense of just saying people are hoarding gold or hoarding silver might not mean anything in the grand scheme of things. It's happened before. We've seen stockpiles of both gold and silver develop over years. But as it relates to the markets at large, what's happening behind the scenes and what's going on that really paints a picture of what the near term is going to hold for gold and silver once prices start to go higher? So we've we've covered this story often on The Real Money Show here about the fact that central banks around the globe, whether it's China, India, Russia, are all accumulating gold very quickly. Uh, they're being very aggressive about it. And uh, we even saw, again, another story that we covered was that Russia sold uh, U.S. treasuries uh, and, went, and they decided to forego the interest that they would receive in favor of acquiring additional gold for their central bank. Um, part of the reason that these countries are doing that is because it's a protectionary. It's a way to protect the country's wealth. We know that, for example, Russia doesn't have a large debt, uh, but there is trade wars and they want the ability to be able to uh, create liquid uh, financial capabilities um, very quickly. 
And that's something that gold offers. It's very, it's a very liquid asset. It's very stable in terms of its value. And uh, so we're seeing countries doing that. Now, there are theories out there, of course, Darren, that there's this idea that the U.S. dollar won't, won't be the reserve currency for very long. And we have seen their reserve currency status wane a little bit in terms of trade. Lots of different trade deals going on all around the globe. And gold is certainly part of that because whoever has the gold makes the rules is how the saying goes. And and uh, now even small countries are getting in on the action. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com's website. Jeremy, a simple question for you. If we go to if we go to uh, what they're saying about these countries, and we're going to talk about an article in a minute that was on uh, zero hedge. If we go to these countries and we look at their patterns of buying, right now a person might look at the price of gold or silver and not see a whole lot of gain. They might look at it and say, hey, I looked at this a number of weeks ago, pretty much in the same price range as it was. But when things are cheap like this, there are a number of indicators that kind of give us a sense of what's happening behind the scenes. One of is this buying that's occurring and the hoarding that's taking place. So is it your opinion that this hoarding long-term contributes to higher prices? Of course, there's no doubt about it. The fact is, is that there are savvy players out there who are accumulating not just gold, but also a, a, a very mass, large quantity of silver. And any savvy investor who's buying on the low here is going to take advantage when the markets rise. It's the it's generally the 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 guy on the street that's watching the price and trying to glean some sort of knowledge off of price action that. Uh, isn't going to win in this scenario. It's those that, you know, when there's blood in the streets and it, the streets look soaked right now, that those are the ones who are going to take advantage. And as we go throughout the show today, Darren, talking about the accumulation of central banks, uh, the open interest, uh, where the physical market is going, this hoarding, and it's not just central banks that are hoarding the product, and also peak gold. I mean, I think that's another aspect. So all of these factors come together that kind of you're kind of wondering why the price is so low right now, but it's not about wondering why the the price is so low, but taking advantage of it. And again, the information that we're providing today, hopefully will stoke the fire for the everyday person to take advantage because ultimately, I think we would all agree here very much that holding physical bullion is a way to protect purchasing power long-term. Nope, it doesn't pay an interest. Nope, this isn't about crazy speculation. This is about making sure that you get your piece of the pie in 15, 20, 30 years. We all commit to our investments and inflation is taking away our purchasing power, but gold over the long term, silver over the long term does that. And in fact, Darren, you did a video this week about inflation and how silver can protect. It is. It's a part of a series that we do on our YouTube channel of small video clips showing some of the advantages of holding gold and silver, especially at these cheaper prices, as well as talking about our products. I highly recommend if you are a YouTube user, if you're not a YouTube user, head over to youtube.com, look up Guildhall Wealth Management and take a peek at those videos. We also post all of our interviews up there that we've had in the past number of months and years with various analysts around the world. And uh, as you were just saying, Jeremy, it is an opportunity for us to speak directly with our client base, uh, but using a different platform. Now this week, that article I was mentioning came out of Zero Hedge. It's called Everyone is Hoarding Gold. It was originally from the Gold Telegraph and it was authored by Tom Lewis. And he states, and I quote, the tiny nation of Kyrgyzstan has been 
big plans. Caught between its giant trading partners, China and Russia, Kyrgyzstan is stockpiling gold. It wants to increase gold from 16% to 50% as part of its international reserve. Now, they're talking in this article about the reasons why, and among others, they're saying that, hey, possibility of a trade war, if this is going to happen on all fronts globally amongst many big players, and we're seeing what's occurring now this week with Trump at the NATO summit, I mean, there's still all kinds of uh, real negative vibes that are overhanging this meeting and others like it, and it's all to do with who thinks they're right about the product that's moving back throughout the world. This affects all the, all the people around the world, and this is why little countries like this are saying, hey, one way we can protect ourselves is to have gold. If a whole country can do it, folks, surely an individual can. Absolutely. This is the reason why we have gold and silver. Paul? Yeah, I'm, you know, you, you, the article about hoarders is really... Uh, funny because we have a lot of people that purchase from us. We call them stackers. They buy, uh, whether it's a weekly or a monthly, we have a monthly buyers club. But we've noticed over the last couple of weeks that the deliveries of physical product has kind of slowed down. This has something to do maybe with the holiday season a little bit, but we're definitely noticing that silver and gold, especially one ounce gold bars, the delivery has slowed down. And I deal with a couple of different major wholesalers and I'm waiting for an incredible amount of product to come through the door. There's been an order and it's taking a little bit of time to come through the door, but we're expecting next week a lot to come through. And this is a great buying opportunity. We've seen the price of silver as of today, it's trading around about fifteen ninety five an ounce US and gold is trading around about twenty actually $1,246. Now, Darren said before, like, oh, Jeremy, sorry, that Russia forgoed their interest on treasuries. Well, if you take $1,250 gold and you're getting 2.8% or something like that on a 10-year treasury bond, if gold just goes up 3%, it's trading at $287. Twelve hundred eighty-seven dollars, rather. Uh, we expect gold to break out over thirteen hundred. You know, once we start getting to thirteen fifty, fourteen hundred dollars, which I'm expecting before the end of the year. I, you know, and you see headlines: gold fourteen hundred dollars. Everybody wants to jump on the bandwagon, the same as they do with marijuana stocks or uh, you know real estate. But Paul, I, I want to interrupt you because did, did I hear you correctly that it's not just one wholesaler that's uh, delaying deliveries, but several major wholesalers you're having trouble getting the physical product as quickly as you normally do. Well, yeah. I mean, you have to remember, when we're dealing with physical product, it's logistics. Now, if you take a 100-ounce bar of silver, it weighs 7 pounds. You know, you put an order in for 15,000 ounces, as an example, which is a minimum shipping order, it's a lot of weight. It's a truckload to come into you. You know, the same thing with gold. Uh, you know, you order two, three, four hundred ounces of gold, it's a lot of gold. I mean, there's insurance, there's logistics, there's a lot of work that goes into it. And, you know, the mints, again, they don't ship out three three bars of silver or three bars of gold. They wait for large orders to fill that truck up to go to the major wholesalers. But are you saying that there's a lack of, of orders? Because we're see- what, what we're seeing is that there's a lot of people accumulating. So I would think it's more that there's a lack of supply rather than a lack well, of orders. It, there's... You know, there's a lot of 1,000-ounce bars around, 
that that's in silver. In, 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 yeah, that's the industrial bars. Um, they don't move as quick as hundred ounce bars or ten ounce bars or one ounce maple leaves or even in gold. So when you've got large bars and they're not moving, those, those are used for an industry or they're used for large large transactions where somebody's got a futures contract and they want to take delivery. We were talking about, or we will be talking about deliveries and how. You know, some of those have slowed down as well because they have to be done within 14 days. And in some cases, maybe the product's not even there on the future contracts. But at Guildhall, we deal in physical product. Whether you go to our e-store, you go to Guildhall Precious Metals, you can buy physical product. Whether you're buying one ounce, 10 ounce, 100 ounce bars of silver, one ounce, 10 ounce kilo bars of gold, it's available for immediate delivery. Now, we recommend if you're, you're buying a substantial amount of gold or silver, more than a value of $1,500, it really doesn't cover you on your home insurance. Um, if you had, if it was lost or stolen, the insurance company is going to say to you, why have you got this amount of product in your house? It should be in a safe deposit box or in a safe, secure depository. So we recommend our secure vault, which is allocated, segregated. You get the bar numbers. That's one way to hold the product. And you can sell on a telephone number. Just easy. We've had a couple of people today sold some product. They needed the cash quick. They phone in. It's product is sold, the check's out, or they can come and pick up a check real quick. We also deal in registered plans, which is government registered plans where you can put gold and silver. We partner with Quest Trade. That's another way, and we recommend it, especially if you've never owned a TFSA, you can put up to 57500 tax-free. Yeah, and the way that works is we use the same depository that we have for our regular vault storage. However, you can put actual physical product in the RSP. It's high quality product like Royal Canadian Mint that you can go to the vault actually and hold it in your hand. And this is something that is new for everyone. We always find that probably one in five of our RSP clients really want to go to the vault and go through the experience of holding that product in their hand and having that aha moment. And I know for myself, I will I will admit right here I was the first client to take advantage of this and I love it because I can um, have Questrade take funds out on a regular basis from my checking account so that it, it starts to add up and then provide your money in your account well I, there you go no problem there so but when when I see price dips like what we've seen in silver over the last couple of weeks I take advantage and I'm able to acquire that physical product and I know what product I'm buying. I know where that product is is being stored. I get my inventory report so I know exactly what I'm holding. And I think that's just a great experience overall, especially since it, it is truly diversifying your portfolio to own a physical hard asset as opposed to an investment in something that might be physical. So for example, like an ETF. Well, you know, you're not really buying the physical, you're investing in an equity. And I think that to be truly diversified, you want to have negatively correlated assets and not all paper assets. It doesn't matter if you have uh, tech stocks and real estate stocks or, or pot stocks, as you mentioned, um, but to have something that's actually negative correlated, which is gold is its own, it is money. It's yeah, its, its own currency. Thing. Like, I mean, you invest in a, in a mutual fund, you know, in a precious metal fund, you you may be in 20 or 30 different uh, gold stocks or, or mining stocks. You know, that's like firing a shotgun. You're going to hope something's going to, you know, 
hit the fences type thing as a home run. And and we've been there. We've watched when the price of gold and silver were skyrocketing. We were sitting there shaking our heads saying, why are these mining companies going topsy-turvy right now when the physical market is going in one direction? Correct. But again, if you're looking to buy a little bit of product, get started, get your you know toe in the water, go to our e-store, go to guildhallpreciousmetals.com. You can buy the product. And payment's really easy. You can pay by pre-authorized credit. You can pay by draft, your bank wire. Uh, you can pay by PayPal. You can pay by credit card. And we even take BitPay if you have Bitcoin and you want to turn that in to gold or silver or a natural fancy color diamond, we will do up to $100,000 in BitPay. So we make it very, very simple for you. The other way that you can invest in precious metals is in allocated financing of precious metals. And we're going to talk about that in the next segment. And we're going to give you some examples how you can get into this market by putting up a smaller amount of money as a deposit. And you still own that same physical product with bar numbers in the same depository. And you can go visit it. All right, that much more on hoarding and other topics that we were discussing. And Pretty in Pink, Rio Tinto kicks off one of its last rare diamond sales. You are listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back once again to The Real Money Show. The number to call is one eight seven seven eight or to the website guildhallwealth.com. And remember, as always, to get your free investor package. It will come to you with plenty of information about the opportunities you have to own gold and silver. And the type of accounts that Paul was discussing prior to going to break will be included in that package, or you can speak to us directly at one eight seven seven eight silver and again, if you're watching or listening to the YouTube channels, we thank you for that. We appreciate the feedback and the likes that we're getting. And uh, it's a growing trend for us. We'd love for you to take advantage of that. Lots going on there now. Gentlemen, before we went to break, we we're talking a little bit about hoarding. I used to look at gold and silver and I thought to myself, we're very realistic in our office. We think about the long term. We know that gold and silver have a very bright future. And we'd all talk amongst ourselves about what the price would do. And some analysts out there have even written about what the price will do long term. I've heard uh, estimates as high as $10,000 an ounce in gold. I used to think personally that gold would be very, very nice in the 3500 to 5000 range long term over the next 60 months, five, six, seven years. I now think based on what I'm seeing, and this is a confluence of factors, that the price of gold is probably going to go higher than that. And it's going to bring along the price of silver. And it might even be that silver leads from a percentage standpoint, as it's already done four other times in this bull market to date. So with that being said, you've seen small countries like we discussed in the first segment, like Kyrgyzstan. I mean, who is Kyrgyzstan in the grand scheme of things? They do have their own currency, but they're taking as much as 50% of the reserves in gold or aiming to have that long term. You don't do that unless you fear that the, the world in the near future is going to change dramatically. Well, we're on the precipice of that change. The headlines are preventing the average Joe from making this switch into holding assets like gold and silver. That, that's what tells us. Yeah, but they're also following Russia. They're following Russia, sure, of course. And Russia is growing their reserves. India is growing their reserves. China is growing their reserves. The U.S., Canada, other Western nations are not. It's just a fact of life. They are not growing reserves. Canada's more recently sold off all of their holdings. And it's silly because the average investor, as you said, Jeremy, many a times, they're being influenced by the headlines. They're buying up the other opportunities and they've made money. Let's not knock them. And, and the whole point here is that we're not saying sell everything and buy gold. We're just saying, look, a crisis is going to happen. 
we're going to have another financial crisis. We've had many a guest on this show who've all said the same. And plus, the market's been expanding for over 10 years. It should We should have started to see the, the changes happening a couple years ago. And now we're seeing the great deleveraging. Governments are, are starting to raise interest rates. And that has the potential of, of bursting the bubble. And what you're seeing is, hey, look, you've done great in real estate. You've done great in the stock market. It's time to, to start to diversify and start to put a hedge on, you know, get that hedge in your portfolio today. That's our opinion. And we're not saying you have to have 100%. We're just saying, look, if you don't have your 10, 15% in a physical hard asset, look at the current value of the metals today and consider that a great opportunity to, to build that position. And you know what? We are hearing that from very large investors more and more. The conversations that I'm having with people is they're saying, I am fully invested in the stock market, I've done my real estate, but I need to start protecting my wealth more and they're moving into the gold market as a result. Now, Darren, just before we go further, I wanna talk about this art article that came out. It was talking about the Institute of International Finance and they were saying that global debt hit a record $247 trillion. Now, what the article goes into, and this will definitely be in our newsletter this week, this article, is is more about the rate at which the debt is being accumulated, the speed at which it's being accumulated, and the amount that's being amassed in such a short amount of time. And what the article is basically saying is that when you have this much debt accumulating so fast, the quality of the debt cannot be good. The creditors cannot be that good. And it's not going to take a lot for it to unwind really, really quickly. So think back to the 2008 crisis and seeing the downgrades from the credit rating agencies on all of the debt globally. You're going to see that happen rapidly. But the problem is, is when the debt needs to be recalled, these creditors aren't there to pay the bill. Well, we're drinking the Kool-Aid, that's for sure. We talked about real estate as one example, which we'll touch on in a minute. But as this goes along, we'll expect to see more of it. I mean, 10 years ago, you might have heard of the odd article talking about gold hoarding, that it was not fashionable, that it wasn't something that people were doing because they trusted the US dollar and it was still the mainstay. But make no mistake, the world is moving away from the US dollar and the US is doing everything they can to hold that control, hold that power, expect war, expect sanctions, expect uncertain futures with changes in power, expect the likes of Trump and other people like him to come into control because people are fed up. They're not certain what the future is going to be. And uh, unfortunately, what it's going to cause is uncertainty. And in uncertain times, history has proven unequivocally that one of the best single assets you can hold is the hard asset, gold and silver. Well, the funny thing is I was watching an interview this morning for the governor of Washington state, and they've already started to lose jobs through the tariffs, um, whether it's aluminum boat building, uh, whether it's, they, you know, it's cherry season. They sell cherries to China. They're not, you know, there's a tariff on it. It's going to start to affect. These tariffs are going to really, really hurt those uh, Rust Belt states that uh, elected Trump, um, you know, the, with China, it's a push. I mean, what comes in, what goes out, it really doesn't matter, but it, it's going to affect 
the the individual you know when you start when walmart buys all these huge containers from china you know they're on the high seas now all of a sudden those prices are going to go up it's going to be cheaper to manufacture something in canada or the us than it will to be imported in from china or some of these other countries so you know to own gold and silver as jeremy said 10 15% it's an insurance policy we all have you know, life insurance, home insurance, car insurance. We don't want to collect on any of those insurance policies, but we still have them, you know, and we're happy to pay those premiums every month knowing that we're secure. And all you're doing with gold and silver is securing your capital. Stepping into the market is easy, really, for those that want to get their feet wet, as you mentioned, Paul, they can pick up bullion and take it home. That's the first step. You might pick up a couple hundred ounces of silver, maybe an ounce or two of gold, take it home with you, store it. The next option in growing your holdings is looking at depository storage. It's accessible. It's your product. You have your vault uh, accessibility. It's 100%. You have your serial numbers. You can go there, get it whenever you want, add and subtract by phone call, buying and selling. But for those that want to take it a step further, they want to get a little more bang for their buck, there's another option that Paul mentioned prior to break, which is called allocated financing. In allocated financing, you're using the concept of other people's money. And to do this is very simple. Give you a case in point. We opened up an account uh, yesterday at the firm, very simple account, a thousand ounces of silver, which would usually be over 20,000 Canadian. You'd spend to get the 10, 100 ounce Royal Canadian mint bars, serial numbers, storage, everything included. You'd usually lay out a little over 20,000. This account allowed the buyer to lay out just a little over 10,000 Canadian to own and control a thousand ounces of silver. That means all the profit that comes from it long term, especially if you're one of the people that are listening that think, you know what, this is the perfect storm for silver and gold. The prices are going higher. All that profit is yours as an investor, but you didn't risk the 20,000. You risk 10, you risk literally half the money. Allocated financing using the concept of other people's money is a way that you can extremely or take to the uh, total advantage of an extreme situation where it's super cheap product, but the long-term prognosis is very good. Well, the, the interesting thing is, Darren, is you know, if silver's trading just over $20 uh, Canadian uh, you know, an ounce, for you to double your money, silver you know, would have to go to $40. By putting up $10,000, $10, silver only moves up $10 and you've doubled your money. You know, if it moves up $5, you've made a 50% return, and $2.50, which would take us up, you know, you've still got a 25% return. So it's a great way for you to own gold and silver, or especially silver, physical, with bar numbers, allocated to you, terrific way to own product and make money. And another advantage to that is that because, in this case, Darren, your client is holding back over $10,000. That's $10,000 that can be put in an account at a, an interest rate of you know a little over 2% per year, and they get to keep that cash for themselves as well. So I think that's also a benefit, keeping yourself liquid, being able to make money in the market uh, with a smaller move in the market. And then, of course, the the lower the prices, which we're seeing a current pretty low price, that's a low risk entry point as well. So I think every factor is there for someone to take advantage of that type of account. All right. That's the allocated financing account. It's very simple to get into. And you can call us at one eight seven seven eight silver or go to guildhallwealth.com to acquire more information. If you are asking for information through the website, simply ask for the allocated financing information. We'll get that out to you. It's free of charge and we're happy to do so for you. Now, when we come 
back again, we're going to talk Pretty in Pink, all about the Argyle Tender coming up very shortly. The list is tentatively out, 63 stones. We're going to tell you a little bit more about the big stones that are involved in there and what's happening in in pink diamond prices and a little bit of what we have for offer right now. And uh, we're also going to touch base again on more things that are adding to fuel to the fire for gold and silver prices going higher. We're also going to mention a little bit of an example of real estate, and we'll talk a little bit about that YouTube video that we put up this week and others like it and the media that we're sharing that you can go and access right on our YouTube channel. Channel. That much, much more on The Real Money Show when we return here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, and this is segment three. We're going to talk a little bit about natural fancy colored diamonds. Before we get started, the number, of course, is always 18778Silver. And to see the diamonds we're going to discuss in this segment, guildhallwealth.com. Now, for good reason, we're going to be focused on pinks today. We mentioned earlier the phrase pretty in pink. Well, it turns out Rio Tinto, which is the parent company that owns the Argyle Mine, our favorite pink diamonds in the world, come from only one place. That's the Argyle Diamond Mine. Uh, they're kicking off their 2018 tender with what could be one of the last tenders we end up seeing ever. Since 1984, this tender has been ongoing and it's exciting because diamond prices, as we've discussed in the show for years, in pinks have been you know, just going crazy. And this will be a year in which we see higher and higher prices. So this is coming out, 63 diamonds. Paul, what do you think about what's happening and, and what are your thoughts so far and what you're seeing? Okay. Well, the Argyle Diamond Mine is about to close within two years. Um, this is a really, really secure investment. In the past 11 years, uh, fancy, deep uh, pink, vivid pink diamonds have increased in price over the last 11 years for about 367%. It's one of the fastest growing hard assets in the world today. 90% of the world's pink diamonds are produced in this Western Australian mine called the Argyle Diamond Mine. That means when this mine closes in 2021, there is going to be a limited amount of pinks around the world. Now, as Darren said, there's 63 uh, diamonds coming out in this year's tender. Uh, last year, we bid 40% more than we did the year before, and we didn't receive one diamond. Um, the bids were I could call them stupid. They just went ridiculously high. Now, one of my partners I work with out in New York, in actual fact, bought a 2.11 red. Um, it was an SI1. We don't even sell SI1. We only sell VS quality and above. Um, that diamond right now is in play for about $15 million, which means that's US, which means this tender is going to go really, really high. Now, at Guildhall Diamonds, we specialize in Argyle pinks, but only of investment quality. We have a, a new flyer, what I call a flyer, a brochure going out of 11 Argyle diamonds, which I have picked uh, which are just incredible diamonds. Some of these diamonds I've had for a couple of years now. Uh, I haven't been that uh, worried about selling them because they are increasing in value 30 35% a year. Uh, it's money in the bank. But we have a collection of the highest quality, and I mean the highest quality, Argyle diamonds of VS quality. Just as an example... I'll give you the top of the line, one of the stones I have. It's a 0.72, just under three quarters of a carat. It's fancy vivid. 
It's purposely pink. You can actually almost see red in this diamond. You're looking at $700,000 US. This is the type of diamond in 10 years is going to be worth $2 million, maybe more. When this Argyle mine closes, who knows what type of money this diamond can fetch. We have a tender diamond from 2016. Um, it's my favorite diamond. It's lot number 35. It's a fancy deep pink. It's VVS1, which means it's almost an incredible uh, flawless diamond. Um, it's a 2PP, which is the strongest color you can find in Argyle. And again, you're looking at about a half a million dollars US for a diamond like this. Now, you know, we have smaller diamonds, uh, obviously, that we that we can sell. But this is an investment that's going to double, can triple over the next 10, 15 years. I'll give you a, a quick example. You know, six, seven years ago, I sold a 0.55 fancy intense pink for around about 95,000, just under 100,000 Canadian. That diamond today, you would have to pay between three dollars to $400,000. That's within a 10, 11-year period. That's how much these diamonds are going up. They are so rare, they are so beautiful, and it's probably the best-kept secret for investors and collectors. Um, you know, I, I'm always looking at, you know, my competition's websites. I feel that I have one of the best collections of Argyle pinks over a half a carat. And one of the things that really got me excited this week, one of my suppliers out of New York was calling me to see if I was willing to sell him any diamond Argyle pink over a half carat. And they are very, very, it's a very, very large company. And for them to come to me and ask, do would I be willing to sell? I know that there's a limited amount of pinks out there, and I know these prices are going to go through the roof. All right, to see these diamonds, you have to go over to the site. It's guildhallwealth.com. There's a diamond section there, and I highly recommend it. From time to time, we do add some videos on our YouTube channel or send out Instagrams and things of that nature. So do use the number. It's one eight seven seven eight silver to call and get your investor package and if you want to get something specifically on diamonds ask for it we're happy to accommodate you we're happy to talk to you about pink diamonds and why they have been rising so fast in value and what that means to you we'll go through the whole process hold your hand every step of the way so that you know exactly how to buy the correct diamond for you meet your budget expectations and what the long term holds in terms of value gain or return on investment now paul you mentioned a while back, as you were talking about these uh, Argyle pinks that we have, a diamond in particular of great interest that a partner of yours, a colleague in the business has right now, and it was an SI Clarity. Can you speak just a little bit to our listeners why SI Clarity versus VS Clarity and what that means in the grand scheme of things? Okay, let me explain. An SI1, when you get a diamond that is a red diamond, it is extremely rare, a 2.11 carat. You don't want to cut that diamond down because if you cut it and polish it down, even to take the inclusion out, what the inclusion means, if you have a potato with an eye in it and you start peeling that potato, the more you try to take that eye out, the smaller the potato gets. It's exactly the same with a diamond. You don't want to lose the value of a 2.11 red in an SI. When I said we only do VS quality and above because that's what we specialize in. I've got 11 diamonds that are Argyle VS or better. 
I could have 200 SI1s and I1s and I2s. We don't sell that product. We sell the VS quality because that's where you're going to get the best bang for your buck as an investment. Yeah, I think the idea here is, Darren, that SI is something that you don't want on a regular basis. If a diamond is under half a carat or under one carat, if it's under one carat but it happens to be a vivid, you're over, you're, you know, it's a 0 0.80, it's large, then you can make sacrifices on the clarity because at that point it's all about the color, it's all about the size. But if you're talking about a diamond that's, say, Paul, a 0.25 intense, you could buy an SI all day long. You could find plenty of those out there to, to acquire. Yeah, you're right. you're so, so the idea is that if you're, if you're in the budget range where a half a carat diamond is still under half a million, right, which is much smaller than 15 million, you want it to be high quality. You want it to be high clarity. But if it's a red diamond, there, there's, there's got to be less than a hundred of those out there, and right. SI is okay, especially if it's two carats. Well, but as it's fifteen million dollars. Yeah, but as an example, you've got to mine a million carats of white diamonds to find one carat of color. I had a client call me yesterday that was trying to sell a twenty-five point fourteen yellow fancy SI one. Now you say to yourself. Why would a 25 carat, why would they have an SI1? Because a 25 carat diamond is huge. Yeah. And why would you want to polish out an imperfection to take it down to 24? You're losing that one carat that makes it extremely, extremely rare. Yeah, the, I, I would think that the only way you would actually want to cut that any further down is if you could make it go from like an intense to a vivid, in which case... It's worth it's worth cutting. Yeah, but this was in, in a ring. It was a twenty five point fourteen, again SI one. I mean, it's great on a woman's hand, on a finger. It's going to look gorgeous. Um, but to me, it still wasn't an investment, and it's not something that I would buy. Yeah, and so I think you know we've seen even um, you know point under under a quarter carat, but still well over point one eight. You know, I think point two two to point two five intense intense pinks. VS quality, you know, less than 10 years ago, you would have been able to get into that market for under 25,000, which today I think you can't get into that market for under 45. Yeah, we have a VS, uh, sorry, a 0.48 pair red VS2 for sale. Um, we haven't put it up on the website yet, but that diamond originally was sold for around about $200,000 Canadian, which is, you know, around about 150,000 US. That diamond today is going to be around about four hundred and fifty to five hundred thousand US up on the website. That is the the going price. If you can go out and find a a VS one red today, good luck, because they are SI one, SI two, I one. It's all about the color. This is a VS one point four eight pear shape, and it looks larger because it's a pear shape. And and I think ultimately this is the strategy at Guildhall. We want to. You know, you're actually going out, Paul, and acquiring these diamonds as part of a collection that investors can can take part of. But that for you, it's important that these diamonds be of the absolute utmost best quality that's out there. Color, of course, being uh, tantamount to anything. And that it means that any investor can come along and they don't have to worry about okay, I bought a 0.25, but it's an SI. Did I get something that's going to make money down the road? Is it going to keep hold its investment? 
you know, we're because you're putting skin in the game and you're only buying quality, the potential investor, all they have to do is look at their budget, look at the diamonds that are available and choose the one that they that appeals to them the most. And I do find over the years that if it appeals to you, it appeals to everybody. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com is the website. Gentlemen, Real Tinto is launching one of its last ever pink diamond tenders. We we're just discussing it before it ends up shutting down its mine operations in Argyle. Uh, mine is going to be the, one of the largest losses to the pink diamond industry in history, and we're not sure that they're going to recover a new mine. We'll talk more about that in a fourth segment. They're expecting this tender to reach over $100 million in total buying offers, so this is a big one. And uh, we have right now, as we said, uh, an offer of 11 Argyle Pink Diamonds in one lot for the right investor who'd like to take a look at this, and we'll make that available to anyone calling in. Again, one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom and when we come back in the fourth segment, we're going to be talking a little more about gold and silver, natural fancy color diamonds, and of course, real estate and how it relates to you. You are listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the fourth and final segment on today's show, The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. The number to call before we get going here to take it home, one eight seven seven eight silver or guildhallwealth.com. We were just finishing a talk, fellas, on uh, diamonds in particular. We were focusing on pinks. It is a very exciting time for the Argyle pinks in particular. They are not the only type of pinks we have. In future shows, we're going to be discussing a little more about the pinks that we carry in our inventory. But to get back on the topic of gold and silver, Jeremy, we were talking earlier in the show about hoarding and kind of the the confluence of perfect factors coming together to create a perfect storm of sorts that's happening right behind the scenes. It's happening really under uh, under a cloak of headlines that are telling us the world's okay, the economy's okay, keep spending, keep throwing the credit card out there, keep buying and buying and buying. And the reality is we're not ensuring our wealth. We're not taking the steps that we need to. Hoarding is one example of how whole countries, central banks, how they ensure their wealth, how they ensure their reserves. But for the little guy in the street, what are some other signs that we're seeing right now that are telling us this perfect storm is about to take us into that next generation of new pricing highs in gold and silver? Right. So for one, we're seeing that over time, all currencies are losing value. And most of that is coming from the fact that countries are just continuing to print more and more money. And we've also started to see, Darren, that while there's a great deleveraging going on where this idea of let's raise interest rates because there's got to be a recession coming soon. There's going to be a crisis event coming soon. Don't ever forget they swept everything that happened in 2008 under a rug. They didn't punish anybody. They let them continue to go about their business, a couple slaps on the wrist here, and business as usual. Well, it's not business as usual. You've avoided reality, but you haven't avoided the consequences of avoiding reality. So don't forget that we've had a very long expansion, that things are going to change rapidly. Central banks are trying to prepare for it in any way they can without pricking the bubble that they created. So that's number one. Number two, you start to see central banks around the globe acquiring precious metals for themselves because when the central banks didn't protect the people. They protected the banks and that 
they just continue to print more and more money that devalues the currency. You end up with trade wars, all of these type of things that are happening. Central banks are starting to protect themselves and also wondering, well, maybe there's an opportunity for our country to become part of the reserve system, the currency reserve system. So there's that. We've talked about the rising debt and how quick and fast and 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 huge it is that we're at three over 300% debt to GDP around the globe. And when you have expansion of debt that rapidly, you have to question the quality of that debt. And can the can the people who are taking on that debt pay back? Even in Canadian real estate, Darren, I think the, the articles are starting to come out now of, well, wait a minute, what kind of effect will a quarter point interest rate hike do to the regular person on the street if they're, if it increases their mortgage by $150, but they only have $70 extra to spare, is that going to be good or bad for the economy? And then uh, and then as well, we're seeing as the price of, of precious metals have come down recently, there's been a lot of buyers. You're seeing the ETFs and silver increase their holdings, which is usually completely opposite. When the price goes down, people are are getting rid of their holdings. Why are they adding at the lower prices? Who's who's savvy all of a sudden? We're seeing banks like JP Morgan adding more and more silver to their positions at this price. We're seeing out of the uh, commodities exchange in New York, we're seeing a whole bunch of exchange for physical going to London uh, in mass quantities. So someone out there is taking delivery of physical silver at these levels, and you've got to start saying to yourself, why is this happening? And then finally, my last point is that we're starting to see and hear articles and cover stories about peak gold. Uh, Pierre Lasson, a billionaire founder of Gold Royalty, uh, giant Franco Nevada, and former head of Newmont Mining, discussed this recently in an article where he was saying in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, they would find deposits of 50-plus million ounces in, in any given year, at least 30 million-plus. And if you look at the last 15 years, they have not found any gold deposit out there with 50 million ounces. Uh, they're lucky if they find a few with 15 million deposits. So we know that there's less gold coming to the market while we have central banks and personal investors or private investors adding more to their holdings than at any given point. Currencies are going down. There's market risks. This is the time to get involved, and you want to get involved when there's good value to be had. But you're talking, you know, we were talking about hoarding. You have to remember all the gold that's ever been mined is still above ground. It's in bars, it's in coins, it's in jewelry, but it's still above ground. It hasn't dissipated, whereas silver is being used up at a rapid rate. It's as well an industrial metal as a precious metal, and it's being used up. So we love silver, we love gold, and we think it's undervalued. We think you should have at least 10 15% in your portfolio just as an insurance policy. You know, we think it's going to go well. We think it's going to go up. We've gone sideways for six years, and this is the time for it to break out. Everything else has gone up. Real estate's gone up. The stock market's gone up. You know, what goes up must come down. Gold and silver are at a terrific price. You know, how far down can it go from $1,250 gold and $16 silver? Is it going to go to zero? The answer is no. It can only go up. Can a stock, you know, a lot of people out there gambled on marijuana stocks, did extremely well. But it's a puff of smoke. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. 
And when it goes down, you can't get out quick enough. It's it's kind of like the ICOs. And there was an article out this week, Darren, saying that, you know, 80% of the ICOs didn't, you know, those those coins didn't make any money. They're, you know, they're gone. Well, it's the same well even the ones that did are losing money. I mean, yeah, there's no more bi- big, huge boom happening. You look at yeah. Bitcoin. I mean, you know, wh- why would people, again, some people invest in gold and silver when you can buy Bitcoin and take a shot and it goes up 10, 12 percent in well, a day? That's gambling. You might as well go to a casino. It is speculation because at the end of the day, look, the idea is that people want to own precious metals because uh, it is a store of value. It's been a store of value for thousands of years. Uh, and it, it, in terms of volatility, yes, we've seen moments of volatility, but gold overall isn't isn't volatile when you're looking at the debts increasing and the amount of money being put out there. It's, it's relatively stable, which is why it's been a good source of value for so long. Well, that's why central banks own gold, because they can print and print and print, and it doesn't matter. If gold goes to $10,000 and they've overprinted, it doesn't matter. They've still got the gold, they've got the goods. And I just want to say one other thing. We were talking about Argyle Pinks for $700,000 and $500,000 US, which sounded a little bit rich, but I have a couple of pink Argyles that are incredible for... uh, I've got a 0.25 for 16200 an incredible stone, could easily be $50,000 in 10 years' time. I've got a 0.35 for 28500 US, and a gorgeous, gorgeous radiant cut. And I have a 0.41, and it's an oval, fancy pink. It's a VS2 for 40000 US. Any one of those three diamonds is going to be a great investment for you. All right, great week, gentlemen. Great show. Thank you for listening, everybody that's out there. And remember, as always, if you want to find us on media, we're on all of them. Facebook, LinkedIn, we have the YouTube channel. Call for a package, one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom is the website. Peak Gold, new discoveries coming offline, nothing really happening in there, and much, much more to be discussed in future shows. Gentlemen, I like it. I know where we're going. I think everybody should be part of this. Own some gold and silver, natural, fancy colored diamonds today. We want to thank you for listening to The Real Money Show. You've been listening on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.